Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Screaming Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And the show starts now. This episode is brought to you by Dubby Energy. Tired? Hmm? Craving an energy drink, but you don't want to feel shitty and jittery afterwards? Well, try Dubby. Dubby Energy has this neural factor. It's a patented all-natural coffee cherry extract to help fuel you. Yeah, this ingredient is what gives Dubby its laser focus and fast reflex effects, making it perfect for gamers. So, whether it's just had a long night, you know, just need some energy to go to work, Maybe a pre-workout or you want to get some gaming done. Dubby is for you. I highly recommend this. And they got some amazing flavors as well. Uh, very creative too, such as Dragonade, right? Dragonberry and Lemonade. Um, Galaxy Grenade. Beach and Peach. Yes, delicious. It's basically Kool-Aid that gets you pumped. So what the hell are you waiting for? Check them out at Dubby.gg. That's D-U-B-B-Y dot G-G. Yeah, and guess what? And for 10% off, at checkout, enter this coupon code, right? I got you. It's Screaming Chewy SH, all right? All together, caps. Screaming Chewy SH. And yeah, you got 10% off. Dobie, check them out. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Screaming Chewy Show. And uh, I'd like to welcome special guest, Wayne D. McFarlane. How you doing, Wayne? Hey, I am doing. If I was a city, I'd be Paris in the <laughs> winter when it's cool. <laughs> nah, he's doing pretty good hey, there, huh? I'm telling you, <laughs> we're, we're rocking over here. I'm in Colorado right now, and it's the beautiful time of year. Go out and roll in the leaves. Oh, man, I always wanted to visit over there. It, it looks really nice. Yeah, it's great. Oh, we were in LA for a lot of years and, uh, and being in Colorado, it's not almost heaven. It is heaven. Oh man. I definitely got to visit. Yep. Absolutely. Come on out and I'll trot out the fattened calf, kill it and pour beer down you. You know, it'll be great. Oh man. Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, talking about good times, why don't you tell me about your book, um, Tales from the Day? Well, you know, it it we uh, I was CEO of a of a company, and we sold out, and I uh, uh, had some time on my hands. So I've always loved to read. So I got on a a kick where I was reading a lot of biographies and and that kind of thing, memoirs. And you know, Chewy, I. I read a whole raft of them and I thought, man, most memoirs really suck. I mean, it's really amazing. They they usually are something like, yes, I caught cancer and I looked at the mountains and I said, I shall overcome. And, you know, and the, all the trials <laughs> and travails and 
And the other memoirs are full of stuff that uh, all looks and sounds great in hindsight, but at the time was probably not so fun. So I thought, you know, uh, life is something that uh, just happens to you, and it's usually pretty crazy. So I thought, okay, I'll write a memoir about uh, shark fishing in our underwear or losing 10 grand at the Hollywood sign or roping a bear. And, uh, and each one of the, the episodes uh, is uh, essentially a standalone chapter. So I, I got it done and uh, I sent it to a publisher who is now my publisher. And they said, you can't do that. You've got to have a narrative arc where you, you start out and you, you, set a goal and set your jaw and go through travails and win in the end. And I said, no, that's not <laughs> how it works really. So, uh, so we published it and it, it was received pretty well actually. And a reviewer said, this is a great bathroom book. You know, you can read a chapter at a time and each chapter is a standalone. I thought, man, I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not. <laughs> so, so that was pretty much it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun and a great ride, I have to say. And uh, is this your first book? Yeah. Um, over the years, uh, I've stumbled around the entertainment industry and so have created a bunch of stuff that I like to think is okay. But yeah, this, this is my, uh, this is my first book. And there's been some rumors of a, a movie contract, but I told my wife, watch for the flying pig. When the flying pig lands on our porch, it'll have our movie contract. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's pretty much where it sits. But yeah, first time out of the gate. Nice, man. Hit the ground running, huh? Yeah, so far so good. You know, we'll we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens. But now I just tell people, yeah. I'm a writer. That means I get to drink a lot and uh, undress in public. It's great. <laughs> it has its perks. It has its perks. Yeah, that's right. And everybody just goes, ah, uh, you know, that guy is really a jerk, but he's a writer. You know, <laughs> it kind of works. I love it. Yeah. What what inspired these short stories? And I love that they stand alone. Alone, like you don't have yeah. to read it from the beginning. Or, you know, it's just each their own little stories. Yeah. Well, it, uh, it there was no inspiration in the sense of uh, creating a, a fictional novel. Um, unfortunately, things like The the Day I Ran With a Bull or, uh, you know, getting shot in Arkansas, they're, they're not made up. Some of them I wish they were made up, but they're not. So, uh, I had, you know, <laughs> for years tried to garner uh, free beer by telling stories. And finally, uh, my niece said, why don't you write this crap down? You never know. Somebody might like to hear a story about the day you humped a cement mixer. You know, they might want to hear that. I thought, well, <laughs> maybe. So sat down and spent a few months just knocking it out and. The result was the book. Man, it was meant to be. 
Yeah, boy, I hope so. It was, you know, I I keep expecting to wake up and see, you know, the the uh, citizens for propriety standing outside of my house at midnight with torches and pitchforks, you know, but it hasn't hasn't happened yet. So the whole angry mob. That's right, exactly right, and uh, and I'll be shouting Frankenstein, not Frankenstein. So um, so. Hopefully it doesn't happen, but I keep my eye open. <laughs> Man, and um, any plans for any more books? Well, you know, I, I'm not sure. Um, I have a few more stories to tell, and and uh, my publisher came back to me and said, you know, expand this bad boy. So I wrote a few more stories, and we added them to the book. Uh, I find that, um, you know, I, I kind of have to wait for more crap to happen. I'm not ver- very good. Like some people like Carl Hayson and others who can really create a funny mer- narrative just out of their head. I generally have to have somebody run over my foot until, and talk about it. So to answer your question, um, very possibly, I did write another one called you're an author. Don't get hustled. Cause uh, I found out that in the publishing world, just like I bet you found out in the podcast world, you know, it's full of dreamers and telephone screamers. So I wrote a little book about, you know, what to watch out for if you're an author t- self publishing or trying to get a publisher or getting a publisher. So that was a small you know, thing just out of my experience. So who knows, Julie? I, who knows? Maybe I enjoy it. So probably what the topic will be, I can't tell you for sure. I like that. You know, don't be hustled. Yeah. Like you're saying, um, like in the podcast world, there's so many people that uh, oh. they say they're promoters, right? Like, hey, I'll help promote you. Yeah. A million views on Spotify. Yeah, I never fell for that. Like it, it seems very, very weird from the beginning because they're very consistent. We're like, "Hey, come on, you want to do it? Come on!" Yeah. Hey, Chewy, just give us five grand and we'll make you internationally famous. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yo. Yeah. So it's you know, oh yeah, the the hustles out there are just un unbelievable. Um, and you know, I was invited to give a seminar talk to a group of fledgling uh, writers and they were all asking me about this well what can we do to promote our book and turn it into a bestseller blah blah and i said well the first thing is you have to write a good book Uh, sorry but writing a piece of crap and then trying to find a way to publicize it to sell umpity ump copies that's not how it works same thing with podcasts you know you've been doing this for a while chewy so you're you're doing something right you know you put out a podcast that's nothing but endless farting noises and nobody's gonna really listen to it except a very small band of strange people uh so yeah i mean once you've got something that people want to listen to or read then uh nothing's easy but that's the first step. 
and with and nobody wanted to hear that. I mean, I got to tell you, Chewy, if there had been vegetables in the audience, I would have been pelted with tomatoes. I mean, <laughs> everybody wants to hear you. You write. There was a, a writer I worked with a little bit. I, I really liked him. He's an older guy, been in the Merchant Marine in World War II. And he wrote a book about it and just couldn't give it away. I mean, couldn't get a publisher. And he really wrote this the sad thing about, well, I guess, you know, nobody wants to hear my story and, you know, I'm just another writer is going to go away. And uh, in a sense, that's the other thing. It's like a podcast or a book. You have to be talking about, let's put it this way. The memoirs I read uh, were full of things like, well, back in the day, we used to, we used to put roller skates on our shoes and skate around. And I thought, no one cares. No one cares. You know, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> or we used to leave our bicycles on the lawn and no one stole them. Well, okay. I mean, but those days are gone. So, you know, if you're going to write something or I guess podcast something, uh, it has to be something that'll, people are interested in and will stand the test of time. That is, I think that's kind of universal. Uh, so that somebody can pick it up who has no background uh, in the time or situation you're talking about and still get it. That's the key. And that ain't easy. That's very true. Um, you know, like you were saying, stand the test of time, like books, right? You know, when when in the future, when technology goes down, you know, World War yeah. III goes down, <laughs> it will be less. Oh, you know? oh stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? And, you know, could just pick up your book, read any chapter, and be entertained, be sucked in, you know, yeah. and get your imagination going, you know? Yeah. Till, uh, you know, the three-headed radioactive beast comes to, uh stopping down the street and and uh you know that that was another thing people just didn't want to hear now that there's a pretty good segment of the population that's getting older everybody thinks the world is dying to hear their stories of growing up in the cornfields Meh, wrong Wrong, wrong, wrong. People don't care. They have no, it has no resonance. And uh, a lot of folks creatively just don't want to hear that, you know, if they're writing a biography or a memoir. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Chewie, there's one other thing that um, kind of a hard truth that I, I found working with creative people and maybe with myself, I'm not sure, is that to run a podcast or to, to write something people want to read, you, you have to have whatever that knack is. I don't know what that is, but it's something. And, you know, it's like I always tell people, you could give me art classes on how to draw until the world comes to an end, and I'd never get beyond a stick figure. I just ain't got the circuitry for that. The universe, 
of Every Religion and None, written by Roderick Edwards, narrated by John Ashton Nickerson. Roderick Edwards is the author of books as varied as a fictional account of a person living in a deserted world to an autobiography about his adoption and reunion to this book about the universe. Find out more at RoderickE.com. And in terms of what you do, or I like to think what I do, part of it is something that you you got or you ain't got. Sad but true. I mean, that's just just the way it is. And there's no real puff puffery or <clears throat> claim to fame or look how great I am with that. If you're lucky enough to have it, you can run a successful podcast or maybe write something people want to read. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, you don't. And there's nothing to feel bad about. Just go on and do something else. A sad, a sad truth. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, just like podcasts, like, man, there's so many now, especially after oh. COVID. It oh. just exploded. And, um, but yeah, you know, if you have that gift, you know, just run with it. Like you were saying. Yep. yep that's it. And it's, you know, for a while through, yeah. <laughs> A strange series of events. I uh, was creating some commercials, and uh, we, the first couple, I was involved with casting them, picking the actors. And I got to tell you, Chewy, I, I finally just said, no, hire a casting director because people would come in and they were so talented. But if you need the rock, you you can't go with somebody wimpy who's five foot five. I mean, there's just a certain look and feel you got to have for it. And a lot of times, very talented people just don't have that. It's a sad thing, but, you know, I guess why I'm saying that is that there's a lot of people who break their heart over stuff that, just never reached the point where it's time to move on. And, you know, Chewy, you just never know because you got people like Stallone and others who weathered through tremendous odds and travails and just never quit, and they won. So how do you decide when you're just being a stubborn jerk or when you're setting your jaw and knowing you can do it and pushing through to the end. I don't really have an answer for that either, except when it starts making you feel really bad, it's time to go on to something that makes you feel really good. I love that, you know, and it's true because, you know, like Jim Carrey, you know, he's extremely famous now but back in the day he was sleeping in his car you know yeah oh yeah absolutely and you know a sign of that guy's character is he really pretty much at the pinnacle of his his success decided i want to paint i want to be an artist that kind of artist i'm done with the dumb and dumber thing and pet detective i'm through with that and and that 
that's been pretty much it for the guy. And I got to say, man, I really, I really admire that. That takes some big brass ones, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for real. And yeah. that's just what you were mentioning, right? Like, are you just somebody that doesn't have the talent, but you're too stubborn to give up? Yeah. Or yep. are you somebody that's like, no, I'm going to make it, you know, like, where do you draw yep. that line? Yep. Hopefully I, I, you know, something I've thought about for a long time, Chewy, and I, I just don't have an answer. I guess if you win, that's the answer, <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, I mean, that's pretty tough. We're all trying to make it. We're all trying to make yep. it. Yep. And what's the old line about faking it till you make it? Oh, yep. Yep. And uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot of, um, you know, authors and writers as well, right? You're like, man, really? Oh, no kidding. And you read their stuff. And, and uh, you know, I help out fledgling writers when I can. And my God, Chewy, sometimes the stuff is just oh, so bad. There's no fixing it. And once in a while, you come across something that's like a diamond in the gravel pile. It's just, you're kind of in, in awe of the person's raw talent. So, so it's out there. You know, there was, there was a, uh, a group of people from Harvard that decided they were going to interview all kinds of successful people and CEOs and, and successful artists and write a book about the keys to their success. Well, they interviewed a whole bunch of people and in the end wrote a completely different book called The Imposter Syndrome, where they found that 100% of the people they interviewed at some point said basically that they felt like they were sitting in a little dark cave holding one torch up listening to all the jungle sounds out there in the dark and saying to themselves, I'm faking this. I'm pulling this out of my backside. I don't know what I'm doing. And I think when we're all pushing, we all kind of feel like that. But I tell people, just be content that everybody's pulling it out of their backside and feels like they are. Just keep going, you know? Yeah, that's true. You know, um, you know, you're making progress moving up and you're like, I don't know how I'm doing it, but it's happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly right. So. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I don't know when uh, uh, exactly when you got started, but I see you're really booked heavy and that says something for what you're doing. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I put a lot of work in and um, oh. paying off, but it takes time, you know, it takes time. Oh. oh, doing, I think even more than writing, a podcast is a black hole into which you pour your time. I mean, the editing and then finding people. <laughs> I feel really sorry for interviews. I don't know if you've ever had one like this, but I see them occasionally where somebody says, well... So when you saw the flying saucer, what was it like being taken on a ride? And the response is, it was fine. You know, I mean, 
<laughs> just yeah. nothing there. And I keep thinking, ah, the poor interviewer. And then you've got to take all that stuff and cut it all together. And I don't know if you back it with anything, music or anything, but it's a tremendous amount of work. Yeah, it is, man. And I used to hate it, honestly. It yeah. You're like homework. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the fun part is what you and I are doing. Mm -hmm. the, the, the grinding part is getting all that and putting it into a coherent show and launching it out there and editing it down so it's not, you know, full of crap from some author like, well, you know, me. <laughs> and, um, you know, back to that imposter syndrome, I yeah. think most successful people have that. And that's because yep. they're very hard on themselves. You know, they push themselves so much. I think a lot of successful people are so hard on themselves. They don't, they don't feel like they deserve it. Maybe you're like, you know what I mean? I, I, you know, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I think what the thing is, you know, people, successful people really push themselves. And what that means is you're, you're always in new territory basically doing stuff that you may not have ever done before. And so you really have to just try and do it as best you can. And, and, you know, you're, you are kind of making it up. And if you do it wrong, uh, it, it flops. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think you're right on target with that, Chewy, that a lot of it was success people. If they're pushing all the time, they're always out into new areas of the jungle. So you always feel like, yeah, what are all these big animals around with the long teeth? I haven't seen them before, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we're, we're all faking it till we make it. <laughs> we're that's, all <laughs> that's exactly it. And in one of the reasons I wrote um, my book the way I did is that one of the failing some people have i think is after they've achieved a modicum of success then they try and present episodes in the past as if they're all part of a a preordained path or i really knew what i was doing you know when i i got drunk and trashed the bar i really knew no you didn't you know i mean really yeah you just mm -hmm do your thing and hopefully it it uh it works out and a couple of episodes uh in uh, what i wrote up uh one of them it's called the day we lost 10 grand at the hollywood sign where we were doing a live tv thing out there and everything went wrong but we still got the best review of our life and and it kind of talks about how that happened kind of out of the blue I'm plugging my book, Chewy. It's shameless. And as long as I'm doing that, to, uh, your audience, hey, out there, buy it on Amazon. Tales from the day. You know, I got bills I need to pay. Come on. Right. And um, yeah, this is a very entertaining. Love it, man. And it's not like how you were saying how other memoirs, they're like, you know, I was out in the cornfield. You know, yep. <laughs> yeah, they just suck. It's just amazing. Uh, and that that's when people really get conned, Chewy, because everybody feels they got a story to tell about, you know, baling hay in the in the hot sunshine, 
And so up come the uh, flim flam artists and say, Chewy, the world wants to hear your story. We'll publish your book for $10,000. We'll ship you 5,000 copies, which you can use for doorstops in your garage. And good luck with that. Those people are out there everywhere. I don't know what the pitch is on podcasts, but I'll bet it's something similar. Yep. I get those all the time. They're yep. like, hey, I'll make you number one on Spotify. Yep. Absolutely. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're selling you a dream. That's what they're doing. You know, that's, yep. That's exactly right. Bravo. They're making their money, uh, uh, crushing the hopes and dreams of people who just don't understand, you know? Yeah, and I see them try and go after new people. I'm like, dude, block this guy. Yeah. You know, and it's the, the thing is with technology, they say I'll get I'll get you ten thousand uh downloads or listens overnight, right? And they use bots, they use programs yeah. and will yep. get you a lot of listens, but they're fake. Yeah. And if the platform, you know, Spotify or Apple Podcast, is they find out. That you're cheating, or oh, they'll take your podcast down, and they'll blackball you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's the other sad part is people who just don't know, like you clearly know. In in good conscience, pay people money and take advantage of the alleged service, and then they get blackballed and they're finished. It's really sad. Yeah. So there's no shortcuts. People put in yeah. the. <laughs> That that's something people probably don't want to hear either, truly. Right, for real. But <laughs> you know, you and I both know, man. You know, just you got to put in that work. Yep, that's it. No way around it. Darn it. You know, <laughs> you don't get to be a black belt by not getting beat up a little bit and practicing a lot. Looking forward for more stuff, man. And um, yep. you're an amazing writer. Keep it oh, up. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, I sure have enjoyed it. And uh, I've enjoyed this interview too. I, you know, I, a lot of times <laughs> I've had my, Chewy, I've had my share of podcasts who weren't run by people like, well, you know, you, and let's just say they needed to move on. That's right. not, the, not the case here at all. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Um, nope. I'm pretty sure you've had your share of interviews where you're like, man, I'd rather be doing something else right now. Yeah, exactly. I got to go see my fish doctor. It's been fun, but audio. <laughs> Tales from the day. And uh, where can people find you? You want to plug any socials? Um, uh, best place is on Amazon for the book. Type in Tales from the Day in my name, Wayne McFarland. And then... Um, Talesfromtheday.com is the book website, and then WayneMcFarland.com is my website, which has rotating banners saying, this guy is a genius, this guy is great, blah, blah. No, not really, but, you know, that's that's where you can go to see it. <laughs> Love it, man, and um, thank you for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. No problem, Chewy. Really enjoyed it. Thank yep, you. Good. Yep, thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.
Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, check out anchor.fm slash screamingchewy gmail.com. Any contribution is greatly appreciated and that makes you my producer. If not, that's cool. I'm just happy you're tuning in. And hey, Screaming Chewy Show merch. Yeah, that's right. At teespring.com. Just Google teespring, T-E-E spring, Screaming Chewy Show. Just Google that. It'll take you right there. And uh, yeah, you could buy hoodies, t-shirts, socks, masks, you know, if there's any stuff you'd like to see on there or purchase, just let me know and I'll add it on. And uh, yeah, you'll be rocking, styling, social media. Don't forget to follow me on there on Facebook, Screaming Chewy Show. I like to share memes, just make up stupid shit, share my episodes on there and just whatever. Um, Check out my YouTube for video versions of my podcast episodes also in between episodes i like to add me streaming yeah watch me get scared playing a creepy game or die playing PUBG or some shit you know what i mean and uh yeah just check out my youtube and uh twitter it's at screaming chewy yeah not screaming chewy show i should change it to that but for now it's just screaming chewy and uh thanks again for tuning in see you next week peace